After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Today's guest is Robbie Alm, Senior Vice President of Public Affairs at Hawaiian Electric Company. Robbie sits as a lecturer for the Public Administration Program at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. He serves in more than a dozen community organizations, including Helping Hands Hawaii, Boys and Girls Club of Hawaii, and Family Independence Initiative, to name a few. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Robbie Alm. Welcome to our show, Robbie. Thank you. So, Robbie, Public Affairs, could you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing at HECO? Uh, I think the, probably the best way to look at it is I was brought in six years ago at a time when the company felt that its relationship with the public wasn't very strong, just to be blunt. It was the Wahila Ridge days. Um, we had also had a, a big controversy at Keohole on the Big Island. And I think there was a sense in the company that however we were working with the public and with our regulatory and government officials wasn't working out that well. So they asked if I would come in, create an area called Public Affairs, and combine up pretty much all our communications, formal and informal, with the, with the public and with government into one area and try to see if we could do it better. Why you? I don't know. You'd have to ask them that. I think maybe it's because I'd been on lots of different sides of the fence. Uh, I was for many years in state government, and for a number of those years I was the consumer advocate. So I was on the opposite side of the fence from the utilities, and then I spent eight and a half years with uh, First Hawaiian uh, Bank. And so I do understand business and, and what it means to, to be in, in business, and I guess maybe they thought the combination of those two things would, would benefit the company. What do you feel is the key ingredient in making sure that the company has a good image in the community's eyes? I think the first thing you have to do is listen. Uh, the community has expectations. Uh, they have expectations of us. They have expectations of businesses in general. Um, they have expectations about how they want to be treated. And I think you start not by what you want to do as a company, but by what people want you to do, what they don't want you to do, what they've been angry that you've done in the past, what they've liked that you've done, especially if you're a regulated business like us, because we really are dependent on what um, government says is okay for us to do what the public says. If you don't ask them, it's kind of hard to to get it right. I mean, you can guess right, uh, but that hadn't been doing us as much good. And so the first thing to do is listen. And I spent a lot of time listening, and we still do that today. I mean, it's very important. What about if you know that the initiatives that your company is putting through is right, something you feel is ethically, morally right, but maybe the community doesn't understand? How do you deal with something like that? Uh, well, we had a very good example of that. Our the uh, uh, plant power plant we just got permission to build in Campbell Industrial Park. End of the Wahila Ridge days, the you know the folks inside the company sit and and tell me we need to build a power plant by the end of the decade. And I just at first I started laughing. I said, "You guys are crazy. You can't even get a power line in. You want to build a power plant?" 
Uh, but they convinced me that we really needed it to preserve electricity for this island. So first thing we did is go sit down with the folks in West Oahu and the Waianae Coast and put all the information in front of them and let them see what the reasoning was and why we thought we needed it, ask questions. Um, and finally, most of them satisfied themselves that we needed to do it. And then they said, but if you're going to do something in our community, you've got to give back. So then we engaged in a very long process with them about talking about what we would give back to the community in order to site that power plant there. And ended up in a series of meetings over six months with like a who's who of 40, 50 community leaders from West Oahu, Waianae, finally agreeing on a package of benefits for the community to accompany permission to build a plant. So, you know, I think if you, if, if you really believe it's right, then you've got to put all the facts you know in front of people. And you've got to let them arrive at their own conclusion. And hopefully many or, or a lot will be persuaded, as, you, as I was, that it was necessary. Uh, and for a company like us, that's the only way. Because if we just try to come up to a community and say, I don't care what you think, we're going to do what we think is right, you're going to run into a lot of resistance that you probably deserve. What were some of the things you had to do to give back? What were some of the things in that agreement? It was interesting. The community came up with a list of like 30 things, you know, and like a brand new hospital and and uh, solar roof uh, for every home in the entire area, and some of them priced out at a few hundred million, and some were, uh, you know. But in the end, the group worked its own way through to what they wanted, and on the environmental side. They wanted us to switch from using fresh water to using recycled water at the Kahi power plant. And they wanted us to install monitoring stations in the Makai side of uh, Campbell Industrial Park and then up the coast so that people in that area could understand what they were actually being exposed to in terms of pollution. And then the folks in the Makakilo area wanted a rate discount. You know, they're the ones right around the plant, and, and they wanted some acknowledgment from the rest of the ratepayers of Oahu that they were taking a burden on their behalf. And both, all of that's pending at the Public Utilities Commission right now. They gave us permission to build a plant, and we're still waiting for the results of that community benefits uh, um, uh, package, which hopefully will, will be out soon. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. This is Robbie Alm, Senior Vice President of Public Affairs at Hawaiian Electric Company. Join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back with Robbie Alm, Senior Vice President of Public Affairs at Hawaiian Electric Company. 
seems like every time there's going to be a change in the neighborhood, people in the community are asking, well, what are we going to get out of it? You know, what are you going to give back to us to allow this change? Do you think that's an important strategy to working hand in hand successfully with each other is to first go in saying, this is what you're going to get out of it. And to get that, this is the change that needs to occur? In a sense, I, I think particularly if you're citing something like a power plant, I mean, if you're, if you're putting in a facility that people will embrace or enjoy, that's one thing. Um, something that's convenient to them, they may be more willing to see it there. But a power plant, industrial facilities, there are other kinds of facilities that clearly neighborhoods generally don't want or already feel, as West Oahu and Waianae do, like they already have too much of it already. Uh, so actually the community sort of gave us this protocol. You know, they, these, you know, the first thing is tell us before you tell anybody else. Second thing was ask our permission. Um, you know, for downtown company to go out there and ask permission to build a power plant. But we did that. Um, then understand that we can oppose you. That was sort of the third step. And then the fourth is whether we oppose you and you overcome us or you, we give you permission, you need to give back to the community. And fifth is the community needs to tell you what those give back should be. So that was sort of the five steps we walked through. And for us, in the end, it worked out very well. The community was actually very reasonable in the end, and, and, and what they wanted was appropriate to the request being made of them. And I, I think if you do it that way, it's, it's just at both sides. You know, because that power plant benefits all of Oahu, but only one neighborhood gets to have it in its backyard. And, you know, I understand NIMBY, and, and, and we can't resist every facility, but if you do take it in your backyard, then I think there's justice in giving you something uh, for that kind of facility. Could you give us a little background about what you were doing before you joined Hawaiian Electric Company? Uh, I was at First Hawaiian, uh, which I really enjoyed. Um, I was running their trust and investments area. It's an exciting time, especially in the late 90s. Uh, but it was also an area that First Hawaiian had not been involved, especially in the investment side, as much, and so one of my jobs when I got there was to understudy the head of the trust area, Philip Ching, and then to to move the bank into retail investments, mutual funds, and annuities. And so it was it was fun to be part of that uh, change process. I enjoyed the days at at First Hawaiian and and uh, had a good experience there. I might have stayed there forever, except Walter asked me to move to the mainland which is just not in, in my cards. Uh, but I, as I told him, I appreciated what he was trying to do organizationally. But for me, this is it. I was born here, raised here, and I will stay here my life. And so we wished each other well, and I moved on to Hawaiian Electric. We were talking a little bit before the show, your relationship with Mike McCartney, right. who's the chairman of the Democratic Party now, right. used to run um, PBS, right. Hawaii. And then an interesting project you folks had worked on. Can you share that with us? Sure. Right after I left state government, and I had been in uh, both the uh, Ariyoshi and Waihei administrations, and when I left state government, Mike called me in. He was then in, I think, chairing government operations and asked if I'd be interested in spearheading an effort to look at reorganizing government. And uh, after some persuasion, three of us each called 15 friends, Mike and me and a woman named Constance Hassel, sat around my living room floor, and they were from all different parties and parts of the community, business, labor. And, and so the topic was government reorganization and went around the room, and everybody gave their, took like two or three nights to get everybody's thoughts on the table. 
at the end of it, near the end of it, a fellow named George Mason, who ran Pacific Business News, said, you know, the real problem in Hawaii is nobody's willing to take individual responsibility. And most of us thought, oh, there's George on one of his anti-government diatribes again. And, and he must have seen that. And he said, no, I mean everybody. Not businesses, not labor, not government. It's Everybody's waiting to be rescued. They're waiting for someone else to come in and solve the problems for them. And what we need is a higher degree of individual accountability. So a bunch of us sort of told Mike, sorry, government reorgs out. Uh, individual responsibility is what we want to talk about. So we went over a series of meetings about how we could get individuals to own up to their responsibility to make life better. And what it evolved into is a program called Live Aloha. And what we agreed was that everybody who committed themselves to the Live Aloha program would agree to do 11 acts, everyday acts of either kindness or community responsibility or caring for the land, um, and that if you agreed to it, you'd put a bumper sticker on your car that said Live Aloha. And, you know, it's been, it's been great. I mean, that was in 1995. It's now, what, 12 years later. We have, like, almost 700,000 of those bumper stickers around the world. Um, there's a card in my mailbox almost every day from someone who wants more. But the, the whole idea was that we wanted to pick things where you didn't have to have power, you didn't have to have money, you didn't have to have clout. It was just things that you could do every day. You know, the kindnesses of opening the door to the one that always gets the biggest laugh is return your shopping cart to letting people in in traffic. But ultimately, one of the big ones for us was leave any place better than you find it. You know, whether that's a picnic ground or your job or at the end of the day, life. You know, leave it better than you found it. You know, make that your responsibility. One of the ones I like is pick up litter. You know, you had a campaign earlier in Hawaii, don't let her. That's like saying don't hit people. I mean, good, but that's not far enough. But, I mean, if you really love this land and there's litter sitting on it, that should pain you. You know, you should do your best to go over and pick it up. And the fact that you didn't put it there doesn't matter to the land. It doesn't matter to the life the rest of us lead. It's there, and it's a problem. Pick it up. So it's a fun program. I enjoyed We all enjoyed doing it. Mike was a part of that, as were a number of other people. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stop filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. This is Robbie Alm, Senior Vice President of Public Affairs at Hawaiian Electric Company. Join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back with Senior Vice President of Public Affairs at Hawaiian Electric Company. Were there 
Any instances that you saw the Live Aloha program making a true impact where you saw actual results in people's lives happening? The ones I'd get back a lot were traffic. I mean, I think all of us are struggling with the fact that we hear more horns than we've ever heard before. We, they're still rare here, but you hear them. People are just cutting in traffic. And, you know, a lot of us are very frustrated by that, especially if you like play by the rules, right? You stay in the <laughs> lane you're supposed to and merge when you're supposed to. And, you know, for me, it's, the, it's coming out of downtown, heading up New Wanupali right by uh, Central, right before Central Intermediate there, you know, by the wine telephone. It's crossover Baratang. You know, if you stay in the lane you're supposed to, you're backed up down Alakea. And at the last minute, people swoop in from both sides. And yeah, I used to get really irritated. I'd, like, try to cut people off or not give them room. And I'd be very angry when they got in. So I put the bumper sticker on my car. And so every day I go there now and I try to make sure I let somebody in. And the reality is most days there's nobody to let in because people actually in Hawaii follow the rules pretty well and very courteous. But when you let somebody in, you feel good about it. I'm not angry anymore. I drive up to Polly listening to the music. Uh, and I had a number of people come and tell me, you know, as soon as they put it on, they had like this obligation to let people in. You know, and and it, they would tell me it reduced their irritation at traffic because it was like the goal was to do something for somebody else rather than sitting there counting the people who you were angry at because they were cutting. You know, and, and, you know, most of that anger ends up just hurting you. It doesn't really do anything to the person who just cut you off. They don't care. They're sailing off to wherever. So all that anger and frustration you got is all on you. And so, I, I mean, that was, uh, there was a guy, first of all, in General Wolf, uh, Herb Wolf. He came in and he punched me in the arm. And I go, what was that for, General? He goes, I had to be nice in traffic the other day, you know. I had to let somebody in. And I go, good, you know, he got the bumper sticker on. So that's the one I hear the most. That one in the, the return the shopping cart. You know, people always joke, ah, return my shopping cart. I go, good, good for you. But, you know, when you think about that one, the attitude of just leaving your cart, blocking a stall, you know, just sort of says other people pick up after me. I don't have to care, as opposed to putting it back, which says when I use something, I put it back in place for the next person to use it, and my use doesn't trouble anybody else. So, I mean, even in something little, there's a lot in terms of how you view life and what you accept as your responsibility. You know, your message is just so awesome because the thing that I got from it is it can be so small, but yet it makes you feel so good. Right. And, you know, that brings me to the next question because you are involved with so many nonprofit organizations. We ask so many people, why do you do it? They said, it makes me feel good. Right. Why did you start getting involved with these nonprofit organizations and how do you balance your time to give a little bit to so much? I think the easy part is it, it, it balanced off for me some of the business decisions which sometimes had to be more on dollars and cents and black and white and you had to make them. Uh, but the, the work with not-for-profits is just, you know, it's just a gift, and, and you do feel great. Um, but also, you know, the, the, the way not-for-profits make it is a lot of people donating a lot of their time and energy. I mean, even if they have a paid staff, the board and volunteers are the reasons why most of those organizations ultimately can make it. So it's also very important if you value what the Boys and Girls Club does or what Helping Hands does to be able to help make the organization. As far as balancing your time, you just have to do that. I mean, 
you have to find the family time and you have to sort of core around that and you can't let that be disturbed and you got to do the job um, and, and then you've got to find time for the other things that fill you up inside that, that make you feel better and it's not a question of, of you know can you balance you have to find a way to balance in order to enjoy life and, 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 and to work through it Thanks for tuning in Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research we're excited to share with you our first book The Greater Good Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman the Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Have two nights, we're feeling fine. We're staying cool on Hawaiian time. Have two nights, the sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party, or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. This is Robbie Alm, Senior Vice President of Public Affairs at Hawaiian Electric Company. Join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back with Robbie Alm, Senior Vice President of Public Affairs at Hawaiian Electric Company. So being the Senior Vice President of Community or Public Affairs, what are some successful ways that you've seen companies being able to integrate their businesses with helping the community? I think as soon as a business accepts the idea that if the community is better off, it's better off, that a lot of things get much simpler. You know, when you when you think those are two different things and that somehow we have to give up a piece of success in order to give to the community, it's like the equation's so wrong already. You know, you're probably never going to get to the right place after that. You just have to kind of say, if especially coming like Hawaiian Electric, if this community isn't doing well, if it isn't feeling better about itself and, and, and investing and believing in itself and, and building itself up, we're not going to be successful as a company. I mean, we're very directly tied to the health of the company. But then so is First Hawaiian, you know, for that matter. So is state government. I mean, you know, the, all the different places I've been at, you know, there's always been, to me, the sense that, that the public's well-being and your well-being are just tied so intimately together that you just should think, how can I do both? When you look at any situation, how can I make this good for us and good for the community? And if you look, you can find those places. You can find those ways. Have you seen any specific examples work? Hmm. You know, well, like, um, you know, not only did we work out the Campbell one, but the, the Keahole fight that we had been in for a decade um, you know at one point we just went back and, and contacted the leaders of 
of the opposition to us and said, you know, could we just sit down and talk? And and we did. And the first conversations were not fun. And there was a lot of anger built up over about 10 years. But six months, that was settled too. And we were standing in front of a judge agreeing that all the lawsuits should be called off and that the company was agreeing to do certain things on behalf of the community. And um, you know, and, and, and the community was, was going to agree to, to have this plant finished. You know, so in, in the, in, you know, for me in the current life I'm in, those have probably been two of the biggest. Uh, but, you know, even in, in smaller cases, if you go, if, if you're willing to go and sit down with people and ask them what's important to them and find out what they value and then talk about the things that you need to work out with them, you know, and then find a way to to have both of you feel okay about the result. Um, you know, you can do it. It's not that difficult, especially if you accept the proposition. The first thing you should do is find out what's of value to to the folks you you want to work with or what's important to them. Um, there have been some some of the boards I've been on. We've we've had challenges. Everything in one case from a bankrupt affiliate to to near uh, collapses as, as organizations. Uh, and a lot of that turned out to be that, that, that we had stopped paying attention and that things both with the community we were trying to serve and even within our own organization had just, we weren't communicating. We weren't listening to each other. We weren't figuring out what basics were. We had let some things kind of get out of hand. Uh, and we hadn't, you know... We hadn't slowed down enough to try to to try to figure out how to stay healthy and and stay in healthy relationships and and in a couple of cases we almost paid a price that was too high. I mean, those I don't want to go into names or anything, but uh, so in thirty seconds, what would be your advice to people out there who are not currently involved with nonprofits or community organizations or so on? F- figure out what in your life is a passion. Kids, elderly, international relations, recycling. Figure out something that really is a passion for you and then go find the organization that works in that area. Because it's great, especially your first time, to jump in where you have a passion for the activity or for what's being done. One of my first is Boys and Girls Club. You know, not only because of the organization, but also because I knew David Nakata and was executive director there, and his passion and wanting to support that passion was a part of it. But find something that, that don't just be a cold one. Find something about the mission or the organization that really is special to you because uh, then it will make it much easier to get started. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.